0: Bonkers Fruit Candy hits you with a new flavor, Watermelon.
1: Now Bonkers bonks you out with watermelon flavor. Mouthwatering watermelon candy with an extra fruity middle. Chewy Fruity Bonkers comes in strawberry, grape, and orange too.
0: Nabisco Nabisco Brands.
1: Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we
0: journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer,
1: analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick.
0: I got the random banter in my mind. I've got a random banter in my mind. Random banter time, buddy. What's going on with you?
1: (laughs) With us being this close together and you serenading me like that, I have very misty feelings for you right now. Aww. I love you too, buddy. Last week was insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, sister-in-law was in town. Our house doubled in size. We had mm-hmm. two more little girls in the house, and we had our sister-in-law and her husband. It was fantastic having them there, but the moment they left, both Cindy and I were just like, oh, it's quiet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great to have a house guest, and then it's great to have them go away.
1: Yeah. No, no, it was fantastic having them in town. There was a level of stress because it was her first book. It was mm-hmm. a book launch. Uh, we were at Powell's to do her reading. She was on a local news station.
0: Yeah. Yeah, AM, AM Northwest. AM Northwest. AM Northwest. Yep.
1: There was just a lot that was going on with it. You were there for the dinner that we had for her at uh, Kennedy School.
0: Yeah, was that great. was great. That was a lot of fun. The, I was. Uh, and that
1: cake was awesome.
0: That cake looked really cool. We, it was uh, a cake that looked like the book jacket. Yes. Yeah.
1: It looked like an entire book. And it was cake. And it was beautiful. And it was yep. gorgeous. And it was the hit of the party. So we had a good time. We had a fantastic time. It was, um, you know, since my wife is kind of part of the book as well, mm-hmm. it's... That's a little bit of her story as well. It's, yeah, it's very surreal and very interesting. But
0: I, I, I love going, uh, being able to go to the dinner with mm-hmm. you guys on the Sunday. That was a lot of fun. And then I was looking forward to going to the uh, Wednesday book reading, the launch party at Powell's, but uh, couldn't go there because from 6 a.m. to about 8.30 p.m., we were dealing with uh, a cat at a vet.
1: Yeah. How's the cat doing?
0: Uh, Not too great. Yeah, it started with us looking at him and going, one of his eyes is really dilated, and then we find out he's lost a lot of weight, and so it's kind of like, take him to this place, take him to that place, find out what's going on, Uh, sneak him into a neurologist when he had an opening, which was early in the morning, and then it turns out, uh, hey, he's rife with tumors. So, Mm. yeah. So we still have our cat for a while. But not for the long term. Mm. So So now it's all the oh Bowie, pet you, pet you, take care of you, cuddle you while he's around. So yep, so missed out on the book launch because that's what I did. It's been uh things happen. Yeah, things things do happen.
1: No, I'm I'm sorry about your cat. I mean Mm -hmm. I have feelings on cats, but (laughs) but I'm sorry for your cat.
0: Well, thank you. Sorry for your cat. Yeah. Hey, uh-huh. good news. What good news is it? we got a new comic book to read. We've got a brand new comic book from
1: 1985. Yes,
0: we do. Fresh <laughs> off the uh, 33-year-old presses.
1: This is good, though, because of our weird recording schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last two times we did recordings, first one we had our friend Sean from uh, Secret Wars 2 and beyond. And then last week we had a weird thing going on, which
0: yep. yeah. uh, we're
1: just not going to say anything That's about crazy. it now. But, but yeah, we had we had a, a surprise guest there, too. But this week it's just you and I, which is kind of nice.
0: Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Nice. Uh, nice uh, and I'm and I'm glad to not have people jumping out of my credenza and shh, uh, stealing. Shh,
1: quiet back there, quiet back there. Oh, I'm sorry, you were saying?
0: Oh, uh, if Hub's back there again. <laughs> He ate my pie, man. That was my favorite pie. That was blueberry.
1: Yeah, but it's Hub. He's got a very good podcast, and I don't mind giving him your blueberry
0: pie. He didn't steal it, Jeff. I gave it to him as a gift without you knowing about it. Yes. (laughs) And you say it like it's a bad thing.
1: (laughs) Can you please give us a two-sentence replay of the last issue?
0: You better believe it. Someone is hunting Batman. Batman. Bates' consecutive home runs record and Power Pack is going to the stadium with Gramps to see if it happens. But never fear, Jack is here to watch his hero defend his record by filling the stadium full of dynamite and threatening to send everyone there to glory unless the powers stop him by repeatedly interfering with a nationally televised ball game. Now that the PTSD is a very serious issue and this comic touched on that, two sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is?
1: My pleasure. My friend. I I will say that I had various themes I was trying to go for with this issue, Mm -hmm. and I could find none of them. Okay. So I had to settle for something, but I still think it's a good choice, and I'll let you try to decipher what this is.
0: (laughs) What you you settled for? What I settled for. Okay.
1: I present to you Easy Evil... Easy Evil by Anchorage Brewing Company.
0: Oh, <laughs> let's look at this. Oh, it's got a cork in it, too. Yeah, it's wow. got a cork in it. It's that's a nice. fancy bottle. That's a fancy big bottle. old bomber. Yeah, that's uh, Black Raspberry Saison with Brett, which I'm assuming isn't a guy that works there. No. No. But yeah, uh, ale brewed for the band Moss Generator.
1: That's right. This is an ABV 8%. Uh, like you said, it's uh, it's a Saison brewed with Motizeka and Saz hops, fermented in oak tanks with two strains of Breton Mises, and it's aged on black raspberries. And like you said, it's An ale brewed for the band Moss Generator. A shot came down from a hole in the sky. I thought it was the 4th of July. I made my way to the salty sea. Had to cleanse myself before I died. But I never saw the dawn. I swear that the waves cast a voodoo curse and the moon had pulled me back from the shore. My mind starts to dream and the lights start to dim and my body starts to close in the door. And I can't see the light and I can't feel all right. Here comes an easy evil again to try and take my life. It's such an easy feeling when I step into the other side. Take me. And that's by
0: Moss Generator. Hey, Moss Generator. Generator. I think I know the tie-in for this beer. Well, How it's actually it? got two tie-ins. Easy yes. Evil.
1: And, and who would be Easy Evil in uh, this issue?
0: Uh, Jack. Because No, it's Carmody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carmody is the old easy evil. And uh, for the band, yeah, this blends in great. The moss generator. So the generator would be the energy converter that their dad made that Carmody was going to use for you know military purposes. Because weaponize it. Yes. Weaponize it.
1: Yes, that is exactly right. I, I bought it an easy evil part and that's how I was tying it in. And also the generator.
0: <laughs> Which you just now found out about because I told you. <laughs>
1: nope. I planned it all yeah, along yeah,
0: from that from, <laughs> from that completely serious eye rolling look on your face yeah i've fully I call believe, my shifty eyes i got yeah, my shifty eyes. Yeah,
1: shifty eyes don't look at the shifty eyes
0: <laughs> don't look at my shifty eyes and shifty face and my ah,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep no you tied it in in two different ways
1: i, I did i did yep. <laughs> and the,
0: uh, yeah and the, yeah the bottle on that looks really neat too it's got kind of an image of like i'm gonna guess like a 1950s secretary whose head is made out of like uh smoke blooms
1: it's, it's, it's the, it's the uh, smoke monster from lost
0: yeah basically yeah, yeah. it's uh <laughs> when it had to uh, go and get a call center job oh that's got a nice little scent to it
1: yes it does mm-hmm. oh
0: that is red like a merlot yes wow that is i think we're gonna have wine tonight i think we are having wine tonight cheers huh i don't know what it tastes like yeah um it's super dark in the sense that no light really passes through it but when you get it thin it is super you know yeah ready kind of grapey
1: it it, it looks it looks like a merlot Mm -hmm. tastes like carbonated grape juice
0: kind of But also something not grape juice because it doesn't have that super sweet. I know it's a black raspberry, but it's... Huh! It sure has a flavor that I'm going to continue to drink.
1: I don't know if I like it yet or not. Yeah,
0: Um, (laughs) I'm gonna here. Let's. I'm already gonna guess the future and say threes.
1: But I don't know. Um, I don't know.
0: It might grow on us. It might.
1: It's not bad. No,
0: it's not bad. It's
1: it's just not good. It's it's got a very neutral flavor. Yeah, it is. The taste hits your mouth, and as you start to identify the taste, the taste goes away.
0: Yeah, it sticks a little bit of tart on your tongue.
1: Yes, tart's about all I got.
0: Yeah, it's. I I can't call it a sour.
1: No, but that's that's, that's where I was heading towards. It's
0: like the weakest sour you might have ever had.
1: So we're having (laughs) a beer. We can't describe it. We'll try to unravel this mystery throughout the thing here. But for the time being, let's talk about some credits, my friend. Okay.
0: Power Pack, issue number 14, September 1985, school days. Credits, writer, Louise Simonson, penciler, June Brigman, inker, Bob Wyachek, colorer, Glenis Oliver, letterer, Joe Rosen. Editor, Carl Potts. Editor in chief, Jim Shooter.
1: Featuring Power Pack, Alex Power, aka G. Oldest Power sibling increases or decreases the gravity of objects he touches. Julie Power, aka Lightspeed. Second oldest Power sibling flies very fast, leaving a rainbow trail behind her. Jack Power, aka Massmaster. Second youngest Power sibling controls his molecular density. Katie Power, AKA the Energizer, youngest power sibling. Disintegrates matter, turning it into energy, which he can expel into power balls. Guest starring, Mr. Carmody, the power kid's dad's former boss. He was ruined when the power pack destroyed a machine he owned that would have destroyed the world. He knows their identities, and he holds a grudge.
0: The kids are flying to school, which, let's face it, we all would do if we had the chance.
1: Heck yeah, walking is for suckers, and so is running. Okay, let's face facts. Most things are for suckers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some important questions being asked, apparently, and Julie has been offered an opportunity to cheat on a math test, and Jack wants to know if she's going to do it. Well, she is worried about doing well, and she was hoping for some opportunities to study before school with her friends. But according to Katie, Alex was combing his hair for hours, trying to look nice for Allison, his middle school crush.
1: Aww.
0: Making them late for school.
1: Alex says they could have gone to school ahead of him, and then he could have gone later on his own. Then he starts to talk about his other middle school crush, which is flying.
0: He says that using a fire extinguisher is just too expensive. When Jack says that he should ask their dad for a raise in his allowance, Alex really steps up his maturity game by broaching a subject that we have wondered about. That subject is the fact that dad's teaching job doesn't pay that much and that living in New York is expensive.
1: This conversation winds around talking about Carmody, their dad's old boss, replaying the events of issues 2 and 5, where the kids destroyed the Animatter machine and he then tried to kill them. Ah, uh, issue 5.
0: Good old five good times i wonder what link is up to
1: probably running away from the angry chickens and smashing clay pots if i know him
0: and again rick that's not the link we're talking about says you (laughs) the conversation continues its journey and brings them back to cheating speaking of cheating are you gonna do it do what swap answers with the other kids dummy at this point
1: Julie says no. Then you can kiss passing math goodbye. The kids all run off to their respective schools, and as Alex runs into his schoolyard, he sees Allison, sweet Allison, still waiting for him to show up.
0: There are some other boys, John and his soccer hooligan friends. This is one of the kids that bullied Alex's first day of school. John notices Alex and Allison, and he makes a snide remark about how Alex has to have his girlfriend take care of him. He follows this up with launching a soccer ball at Alex.
1: Hey, kid, you're supposed to kick the ball, not use your hands.
0: Maybe he's a goalie. Maybe he's just a jerk. Well, it is a wild throw. So Mr. Alex, Mr. Hey, everyone, don't use your powers in public. Mr. Leader kicks on his G-powers to do a seven-foot high jump, grab the ball, and toss it back to John, and then land.
1: Yeah, Because that was not just a little obvious.
0: Well, what was obvious was the amount of monologuing Alex was doing while midair, which, by my count, was about 10 seconds worth. Now, that is some pretty unbelievable hang time for a middle schooler, or an athlete, or someone jumping on the moon, for that matter.
1: Well, Allison and the adolescent football club just think Alex has some mad hops, but a shadowy figure hanging out on the school roof knows better.
0: Hmm. Foreshadowing. You're soaking in it.
1: Julie and Jack show up and are greeted by their groupies. Uh, Okay, friends. Julie and her twin classmates commiserate about the upcoming test and how they would like to cheat, but that they won't.
0: Aw, these are good kids. I'm proud of them.
1: And they are being overheard slash seen by someone in the trees.
0: And now I'm worried for them.
1: Can you guess who that Averdois arboreal analyst is? I think that is
0: fairly obvious. It is Count Olaf hunting the Baudelaire children.
1: Wait, what do you mean it is obvious it is Count Olaf?
0: Oh, Rick. I'm surprised that you don't know the meaning of that word. Obvious is an adjective, and it means easily perceived or understood, clear, self-evident, or apparent. If used as a derogatory, it means predictable and lacking in subtlety, much like right now, where Count Olaf's disguise as a tree is lacking in subtlety, and as such, makes it obvious that it is him.
1: No, I mean that it is not Count Olaf, obvious or otherwise.
0: Oh, well, then who is it?
1: Well, here's a hint. He's thinking about how Julie's morals did not prevent her from destroying his converter.
0: What's their dad, Dr. James Power, doing in the tree?
1: It is not Dr. Powers. It is our favorite big bad boss, Carmody, in a really, really interesting flying suit.
0: Let's talk about this for a bit. It is bad. First, not to body shame him, but he has a very rotund body shape, so tight clothing is not going to look great. And this all-white spacesuit is tight. It has elbow and knee pads, accordion-like shoulder joints, pipes that go over the shoulder to a tiny little jet pack, and a helmet cowl with a sunglass visor.
1: He looks dorky. I mean, he's horrible. And he's thinking about how these kids will be paying for ruining him. Like, that suit isn't ruining him enough. And how he's going after that little one first.
0: Count Olaf often goes for Sonny Baudelaire as a captive, as he mistakenly sees her youth as an
1: exploitable weakness. Again, not Count Olaf, and not Sonny Baudelaire. It is Carmody, and he is going after Katie. What? No, no, not Katie! Meanwhile, in kindergarten... Home of the Fighting Kinders. We can do better than that. Home of the Fighting Flu Factories. We start by Creeper Pants peering into the classroom and overhearing the teacher call for recess.
0: And, well, here's something. Katie is working on drawing a monster who is small and ugly and doesn't have any teeth called leech who is holding a kitten a good point that her fellow classmate brings up when she asks how the monster is going to eat the kitten without teeth but anyway why is katie being such a hater of poor little leech come on girl this isn't a monster this is a little boy
1: well katie who was thinking so hard about how to make leech into more of a monster has forgotten her jacket
0: she has also forgotten that this is the part of the book where she gets kidnapped by carmody but don't worry he reminds her with an empty threat that he has already kidnapped her siblings and if she's not quiet They are dead. The terrible tubby terror tucks the terrified tot to his tricep and tromps out of the school. But not before Katie marks two things off her kidnapping checklist. One, costume on. And two, disintegrate something. The former allows her to shoot a powerball into the sky, hoping it will act like a flare and maybe summon some heroes like Spider-Man or Cloak and
1: Dagger. This ticks off the offending oaf, but Katie plays it off like she is scared. In response, he shoves her in a clear plastic bag, warning her that if she disintegrates it, she will fall to her death. Good planning, really.
2: Who who are you, anyway?
1: Until this point, the
0: visor has obscured his identity, keeping Katie from seeing who it is. But Carmody flips up the spectacles and announces...
1: Who am I? I am the boogeyman! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he calls Katie a mutie freak. Boo! (laughs) Meanwhile, in
1: the advanced science lab... Home of the fighting scientists. Again, we can do better. Home of the fighting Bunsons. Alex is listening to a lecture on the importance of gravity and accepting gravity into your life. Hey, Jeff, have you accepted gravity into your life? Uh, daily. Okay, good. There's a lot of talk about velocity and vectors and math, time, objects, blah, 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 blah. Seriously, give me an apple, a sleeping Victorian-era chap, and a feather, and let me get back to TV.
0: (sighs) Rick, Rick, Rick. You naive little Philistine. The prof is dropping some heavy info on our gravity-manipulating young man. You should not take this so lightly. The successful retention of this solid and flighty figure should rest in your mind. The balance of this information will weigh on Alex's grades. I see what you did there. But what you didn't see was that Alex drops a G right in the middle of a thought bubble.
1: Alex is able to break free of the mesmerizing pull of his teacher's subject long enough to see the errant powerball his sister shot off. And as the bell rings, he glances out the window and sees the round figure of Carmody.
0: And he recognizes him as well. Really? Come on, Alex. It could be an oversized villain in a dollar store costume.
1: His class is heading out to gym, but Alex makes an excuse and heads outside. He changes into his costume and launches his weightless body at the unsuspecting offender.
0: This would have been a pretty sweet surprise sneak attack by the zero-level
1: rogue, but Katie alerts the enemy. Alex, you're here! You're alive! Mr. Boogeyman dodges out of the way, and Alex is so angry, he says... Darn! Energizer, why'd you yell like that?
0: To be fair, Katie still believed her family has been captured. Carmody spends these panels mocking Alex, recognizing that his power has him stuck floating, or in his mind, blowing into the higher stratosphere and freezing to death.
1: I would like to again go on record and say that this guy is a
0: jerk. So noted. Meanwhile, in spelling class... Home of the fighting spellers. Seriously, do better. Home of the fighting linguists.
1: Instead of learning that leap should be spelled with only one E and not with a silent Q, Jack is drawing a pretty decent Spider-Man. While showing it to his classmates, he notices...
0: Alex in the sky with no
1: wires. Holy cow! No, not a cow but a floating boy that just happens to be his brother. Recognizing that this is just the excuse he was looking for to cut class, he pulls the classic, never fail, emergency bathroom excuse.
0: This teacher is wise to Jack's ways, warning him that it better not be more of his monkey business.
1: Nope. No monkey business, Miss Parrot, just cloud business, which he gets into as soon as he checks that the bathroom is clear. With a costume on, the mighty Massmaster Master mists upwards, dropping some sick puns onto his buoyant brother. What's up, bro? What are you up to? She lays down the story. Carmody has popped his cork, is calling himself the Boogeyman, and has captured Katie in a sack. Oh, and Alex is floating at the whim of the wind.
0: Being a helpless cloud, Jack tells him to float right there, while he goes to get someone with powers who can actually affect the situation and actually catch the bad guy who is slowly flying off in another direction. Batman? No, not Batman.
1: Meanwhile in math class...
0: Home of the fighting maths. Okay, now you're not even trying. Home of the fighting arithmetics.
1: Julie is struggling hard through the quiz. The teacher is giving them the ninth question. Something about trains traveling at 95 miles per hour for 1,000 miles and 45 miles per hour for 900 and something.
0: 30.5. Huh? Don't worry. We'll cover it later.
1: Okay, smarty pants. As the tenth question starts about apples and children and cyanide, Jack drifts in. He is sneaking in in small boy size to Julie's desk. Just in time to see a cheating girl pass the answers to Julie. Julie is trying to refuse them, but Miss McCheaty
0: Pigtails is rather insistent that Julie just pass them back. That she ends up taking the note. At which
1: point, in a small boy whisper, Jack says... Exactly! Except Jack does not know French, and I think it is more... Aha! Cheating, I see.
0: Julie whispers at him to get out, and Jack responds with an explanation of the situation. And all of this whispering is enough to get the attention of Mrs. Crabapple. She notices the note and requests that Julie relinquish the protagonist's paper.
1: Ooh, how disappointed the teacher is when she finds out that it is the answers. She sends Julie directly to the principal's office without passing go or collecting $200. Jack is waiting in the hall.
2: Mathmaster, how could you? I'm so mortified I could die.
0: Are you kidding? It's great. It couldn't be better. Your teacher thinks you're in the principal's office. She won't miss you even if it takes hours to rescue Katie and Alex. Come on, switch your costume on and let's get
1: going. That was completely frightening, I must
0: say. (laughs) I'm an eight-year-old boy. This is how we sound. I like hopscotch
1: and hula hoopings. And even though Julia is miserable and crying, the siblings speed off after Alex and Carbody and Katie. Yeah, Julie is feeling horrible.
0: Her character's been set up as a real straight arrow. To be caught cheating? Well, that goes on your permanent record.
1: No time to worry about that now. Alex is still floating out to the sea. Actually, right now he is floating over the World Trade Center Twin Towers.
0: It's still weird seeing them in old media.
1: Okay, hang on. Don't you mean Float On? Ignoring that. In Issue 7, we found out that Jack and Julie are going to PS87, and Alex was going to a school nearby, which would be the Anderson School, a school for gifted kids that Alex's parents would definitely put him in. This places them close to the Upper West Side of Manhattan. So, When this interaction with Carmody started, they were about five miles north of Alex's current position. That's some serious wind.
0: This is exactly the reason why Julie's teacher was giving her those math story problems. If she wasn't so busy not cheating on her test, she would be able to triangulate Alex based upon the average airspeed of an unladen swallow.
1: And then you took a left turn into Monty Python land. This is why we can't have nice things. Anywho, we get a nice three-panel drawing of the Brooklyn Bridge as Alex sees his kidnapped sister taken to Brooklyn. Now that he's over some water, Alex starts to conduct some experiments with the information that he has just learned in his science class. He attempts to flip his power on and off, descending at a slow pace into the waiting river below.
0: But before he splashes down, Julie bolts in and flies him up, up, and, oh boy, is Alex
1: excited. You bet. Instead of being worried about their kidnapped sister or the fact that they are skipping class, he wants to tell Julie about what he learned in science class about falling softly, and he wants to know if she can sew. He also
0: mentions that he has to work out what fraction of a second of gravity means for speed,
1: at which point Julie says,
2: If you say fractions to me once more, G-Power, I'll strangle you.
1: Jack is tracking Carmody, and he is showing some real concern for his sister, pointing out that she could suffocate in the plastic bag. So he pulls out his one solid move. Complaining? Nope, just his super-dense jackhammer. Which always ends well. Yep. Yep. Carmody is so stunned he drops Katie. Eee! It is a twenty foot drop into the river in front of a large ship. Splash! Katie, you dope, disintegrate that sack and swim.
2: I, I'm trying, Massmaster, but I can't swim fast enough.
1: At which point, Jack dives into the water to help, as the prow of the ship approaches faster and faster. You gotta energizer! her! You just gotta! Here they come to save the day! Who, Mighty Mouse? No, Julie and Alex.
0: They swoop down and pull Katie to safety leaving Jack behind to a gruesome fate. Well, a gruesome fate if he wasn't a cloud.
1: Julie has some serious feels right about now, and she is ready to attack the Boogeyman.
0: Unfortunately, the kids watch as the slow-flying battle-suited Carmody somehow dodges out of the way. Low-speed but high-maneuverability battle suit. It looks like he was able to trade some favors for this power suit from Project Pegasus.
1: Project Pegasus?
0: Get ready for this deep Marvel dive. Pegasus stands for Potential Energy Group, Alternate Sources, United States. Pegasus. Originally, this was a scientific base that researched alternative and unusual forms of energy. It was one of those in-comics widget manufacturing companies that many heroes and villains reference from time to time. It is just nice to see it brought up here as a pointer to where Carmody got his gear.
1: Yep, gear that he says makes him the match for any of these mutant monstrosities. So far, we have seen that it has slow flight, and that it can dispense out plastic bags at will. Truly, this scientific marvel was designed to crush the mutant. Better watch out, Wolverine. Am I sensing
0: some sarcasm?
1: Yes! Yes, you are.
0: The bragging bad boss's boasting brings the bitter brood into beginning some battle business. It is teamwork time. Alex starts to issue out some orders, starting with directing Katie to blast out a Powerball in front of Carmody.
1: Jack follows it up with another jackhammer, but misses. Carmody continues his monologue, again calling the kids muties, an in-universe derogatory term for mutants, which the kids are not. He also says that he is stronger, smarter, and speedier than the people who fired him, or these kids. I'm the Boogeyman, and I eat evil little mutant freaks like you for breakfast. Maybe that's how he got so fat. The kids take this opportunity to try a flanking maneuver. While floating Alex and a Cloudy Jack distract him with some conversation about how they are not mutants, the girls swing around behind him.
0: Carmody doesn't care what they are. They have powers, and he knows he can sell them. He also says that he's not fool enough to fall for the old distraction trick. So in three, two,
1: one... The distraction has worked. Julie positions Katie behind the crackpot and she disintegrates part of his jetpack, sending him slowly spiraling into the water below. All the while, he is threatening them, screaming that he is not defeated. He knows who they are and where they live and that he will destroy them one by one.
0: It's just a matter of time. Splash! Oh no, he might drown. Who'd have thought an old tub of lard could swim like that? Rats? The kids are a little worried about the trouble the buoyantly bad boy can still bring to them, but not worried enough that they can miss more school. They all have to be back there in their respective classes, and Jack, calling Julie a witch-nose again, spills the beans that she was cheating.
1: She denies this, blaming Jack for sneaking in and talking to her. Jack rightfully retorts that Julie did not have to talk, just listen. And nobody made her hold the crib sheet. Jack about getting caught red-handed. They start by dropping Katie off. The recess lady is calling her name, and after a quick costume off, Katie runs around the corner and gets scolded for obviously playing in the drinking fountain again, because her hair is wet. Jack
0: clouds back into the bathroom and sheepishly heads back to class with wet hair. His teacher openly mocks Jack, saying she was about to send out a search party for him, and then asks if he fell in. Jack's classmates find this highly amusing. As did I. Yeah, everybody did.
1: Julie has made it back to the bench outside the principal's office, head in hands, obviously upset. The Cheaty McCheaty Girls Club approaches her and starts grilling her about if she has or will tattle on them. The angry and antagonistically agitated anti angels alternate between insulting her intelligence and threatening her if Julie tells on them because they don't want it going on their permanent record. A sobbing Julie is then called into the principal's office.
0: Finally, Alex appears in his gym class and his absence has not gone unnoticed. The stereotypical coach rags on Alex about how he apparently is too good for class because of an incredible catch he made earlier in the day. He tosses a basketball over Alex's head which goes uncaught. The coach then punishes Alex by making him run laps. As Alex takes his punishment, he reflects that he may have a way to fly. He just needs wings. Next issue, Reckoning. But before we get to Power Pack issue number 15, Reckoning, we're going to be taking a slight detour through a couple of other Marvel books. For those of you that are playing the home version of our game show, we will be reviewing selected portions of Thor 357 and Fantastic Four 282.
1: Be there! (laughs)
0: <laughs> or don't. We're not your supervisor.
1: <laughs> All right-o. I have a new feature for us to talk about. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. And what's that? Well, I've been noticing we have been missing a very vital element that we should be discussing on each of our shows.
0: Okay, and what is that?
1: Well, it is this oh and and now i've just realized that i'm doing this maneuver right here yes and we have an audio format yes so this means nothing
0: yeah so here i will describe rick is holding up in his hands the cover of the issue and then gesticulating around demonstrably towards the cover as though to say this we have not talked about this which would be the cover art of the issue
1: this is correct I thought that we should be talking about this. I thought that we should include this in here, and so I want to introduce a segment here where we are going to talk about the good, the bad, the what of the cover. Mm -hmm. I think we should review this after we do the synopsis, because then we can talk about how closely it matches the the actual inside yeah. of the book without breaking any spoilers from you know what we're going to talk about. Yeah,
0: because it was like the uh, the X Men one where it's got you know Wolverine ready to you know heart punch with his claws, Katie, but that he's holding up a... where it never happened. Never happened. Yeah, it's just it's kind of like this is a this is a bait and switch. It's a yes. trick. Yes. And so yeah, it's a great idea to go. The cover shows this. Does this does this scene happen or is it indicative of what the issue is about?
1: Exactly. So on that note, uh, let's talk about the cover for Power Pack 14 here. Mm-hmm. Now uh, this was penciled by June Brigman and inked by Bob Wycheck. So to describe it, uh, the kids are shown that they're against a brick wall with a giant black shadow obscuring some of that same wall. The words the boogeyman are written in the head part of that shadow in like red letters. And there's some graffiti that's also on the wall as well. I wanted to talk a little bit about the graffiti because I noticed some different things. I noticed that there's Bob and Anne, which I'm guessing is a kind of a homage to Bob Wycheck and his wife Anne. There's also a Buddy Hollow Lives above Jack's Head. Uh, there's a Cape Bush that's on here. And I think that's referencing the English singer-songwriter. There's also a Pat something Rhett. I think it might be Pat Loves Leaf Garrett, maybe, because there's a Pat Hart something Rhett. I think it might be Pat Loves Leaf Garrett. I don't know. Could be. Could be. There's also a John Lowy, which somehow I think relates to another editor that had something to do with this book and some other uh, Power Pack books coming up, named Rosemary McCormick Lowy. She's not credited on this book credits, but she's listed as an editor for future issues. So, what do you think about this? <sighs> Well, I think
0: that it is very indicative of the issue. Uh, You look at it. It's got the power kids there. There you go. You have a uh, kind of distraught looking Julie, which she was during the issue. Uh, You know, everybody's doing their their normal thing. I can see the brick wall indicating the school, the, you know, Mm the bogeyman thing you know the big shadow that's Carmody uh yeah so I think this is really really a good you know indicator of what's in the issue also uh as a little side thing the uh graffiti that you were talking about on that in the issue I think in one or two other places is more graffiti and it's very similar to that so it even ties into the graffiti in the background of the issue nice Mm -hmm.
1: the scene doesn't happen we'll say that right now it does not happen it's not a real true represent or it's not a real true scene from the book yeah and I would say that the kids look more angry and scared of the boogeyman. But I mean, even when they're rescuing <laughs> Katie, I, I think the situation was more frightening for the kids yeah. than the actual boogeyman. Oh, yeah. I mean, Carmody is not frightening. Anybody.
0: No, no. He is uh, the laughably one of their sinister foes. Yeah, so. But
1: yeah, I do think it does give a good impression about what's in store for them. Yeah. So it's it's It looks it, great. I will also say this, too. Until I really, really looked at this, I always thought that they were standing in front of a tunnel.
0: Oh, oh, really? Okay. I, I, can, just, I can totally see how you would see that. Because
1: your eyes are kind of drawn to the boogeyman yeah. and you're, it looks a little bit like a tunnel there. Yeah. And unless you really pan out from your view on it, you really don't see the hands on the side. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I always thought that it would, it almost looked like another issue dealing with the sewers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was another issue where they were attempted to be kidnapped because yeah. that's what, that's what Power Pack is about. Uh, attempted kidnapping. Yes, yes, yes. And successful kidnapping. I mean, let's and face facts.
1: Speaking of kidnapping, uh-huh. that's what we get again in this issue. Yes. They were ki- uh, somebody was kidnapped again.
0: Yep. Uh, kidnapped. I think this is the fourth issue dealing in series, fourth issue of them being kidnapped.
1: Or one of them being kidnapped, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah at
0: least one one sure. to all of them being kidnapped. Sure. Yeah, it's the uh,
1: and this time it was by. Carmody. Yeah, it
0: was Boogeyman. <laughs>
1: Carmody's back.
0: Yeah, Carmody's back. So
1: you know, uh, let's see here. The Spider Man has got the Green Goblin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Batman has got the Joker. Yep. Superman's got Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Power Pack has Carmody, yeah. <laughs> an old,
0: <laughs> an old, overweight, cruddy businessman. <laughs> yep, yep.
1: Their yeah. their their main bad guy <laughs> they're, is. They're, Carmody. <laughs> their
0: dad's old plant supervisor. <laughs>
1: and the Snarks. but... <laughs> well, yeah, but... But, but, but I'd say their number no one villain is Carmody. Yeah. And, uh, in his current, uh his current persona, I think he's kind of a joke.
0: Well, he is totally a joke. I mean, okay, so he, he has a super suit now. Yeah. Okay, he can fly. That's awesome. I would love to fly. Sure. It is super slow flight. I mean, they literally, every time you show him, it's just, there's a little smoke cloud. You can totally follow him, And it is super, putt. yeah, it is super putt-putt, putt-putt <laughs> speed. It is just hilarious because they're kind of like, Alex at one point even talks about, he's so like, he's slowly going that way.
1: But don't forget his other, you know, big power. He can uh, distribute Plastic bags. Yeah,
0: he uh, dispensed a uh, a wrist like a wrist launched plastic sack that he then put uh, Katie in. Yes, uh, Maybe it. Clear, clear. Yeah, clear. So it was a, and it seems
1: kind of strong too because yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it wasn't it was a, fun- it was a
0: good hefty bag because it actually held up a kid. Yeah, it's holding yeah. up
1: like forty five pounds there. So, yeah, I mean, that's, so that's that's, yeah, that's it didn't tear off the bottom. And and apparently it's breathable.
0: I, we guess so. I guess so. Yeah, we don't we don't know.
1: But what keeps water out though?
0: It does keep water out. Yeah, and she was able to float in it until she disintegrated away. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we. Don't know how many bags he can generate. It's probably a limited supply. Or if he has other abilities, uh, we don't know. Uh, but he did trade in his uh, his old 45. Yes. C- so he doesn't have a ranged attack now.
1: But he still talks like Nixon.
0: Yeah, he still talks like <laughs> Nixon in our worldview.
1: I was having trouble during the issue here mm-hmm. and trying to figure out whether it's bogeyman or boogeyman. And we had a little bit of a discussion yeah. about that and we're deciding it's boogeyman.
0: Yeah, it makes more sense to me. I mean, bogeyman, yeah, it's spelled B-O-G-E-Y. That's how, you know, Carmody is spelled it so it could be bogeyman uh you know the classic terror of children is the boogeyman. Yeah. so i want to say that it's just a poor spelling of boogeyman because bogeyman makes me feel like he's a snotman. man because he's got a bogey, you got a bogey right there.
1: I don't think that's entirely incorrect. <laughs> yeah. but so just I think per- he's a bit of a snot man himself. He is
0: a bit of a snot. Uh, he's a bit of a boogerhead. Yes. I think we may have called him that at one point. But uh, yeah, it's just along the lines where I, I think Boogeyman. I don't know if there's another character by that name or not. There, I could look it up, but I, obviously I didn't go to the trouble of doing no. it. But uh, does yeah, does he
1: is he a good villain or not? Though
0: uh, he has, you know, I'm going to say yes. I mean, he's not... Don't get me wrong. He's not an A-list rogues gallery, but he's definitely... He's got a history with the Power Kids. Sure. Uh, He has interactions with their family. Parents, he knows who they are. They have foiled his plans on more than one time. The second time being... they didn't let him kill them, so I mean he's they've kind of ruined him. So it's like it's quasi justified, but it's so yes, I want to say it's a good villain, but it's just not. It's not like a great villain. It's a great kid villain because he's pretty inept. So I, I, think,
1: I think we've nailed it with calling him easy evil.
0: Yeah, easy evil because yeah.
1: he, he's there's not much there to him. Oh, he's just so ineffectual. Yeah. Oh, but check it
0: out. This ties in even better because the easy evil we can't quite explain, and uh, Carmody we can't. Explain.
1: I just don't want to be scared of him.
0: Yeah. I, I, I still love the fact that they're kind of like, oh, he's getting away. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> we should go back to school. We'll
1: deal with it later. Yeah,
0: we'll deal with it later. What's he going to do? His jetpack's busted and he's in the water.
1: Talk about jetpack. Uh-huh. Let's talk about flying. Oh, yeah. Alex and flying.
0: Oh, his one true love.
1: Oh, my God, dude. Just get over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to say. I just... Come on, Alex. Let's see. Get, your sister's about to die and just oh, Alex loves
0: three things. Flying, flying, science, Allison. Allison and flying.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can count.
0: We can count. Well, Julie was having problems with math, so
1: Let's talk about Julie. Okay, let's talk about Julie. I want to say this. Breaking the law. Breaking break the, the law. law.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but she wasn't, and oh, she no, was no, very no. adamant about it.
1: No, no, no. But that that's her, that's her feelings. Oh, on this. This yeah. This is her feelings. I mean... She got wrecked. She, yeah, yeah.
0: All oh, of those girls were threatening her, too. Yeah. Mean, it's just like there's a little, I think, blonde girl with her fist shaking at her. At the same her. time,
1: I don't think that she was scared of the girls no. as much. I mean, she's just sitting there like, I just went up against the boogeyman. Yeah. You girls don't even threaten me. Yeah. Now, I, I it's, it's just her fear of, oh my god, this is going on my permanent record. Yeah, it
0: was the thought of being considered to yes. be a cheater.
1: How much of a goody two-shoes... I, yeah. I like Julie. I like Julie a lot, but I'm going to say this. How much of a goody two-shoes is she that getting caught with the suspicion of cheating on a mm-hmm. test is enough to put her over the brink.
0: Oh, well, she was stressed out about this math test anyway. Yes. And then just that aspect, she's like, what happens now? Mom and dad are going to hate me. I'm going to get kicked out of the school. You know, she's, she's 20 steps down the road. Yes. And it's a dark and dirty road kind yes. of thing as opposed to, I'm going to be talked to and I'm going to say the note was just passed to me I mean, and I didn't read it.
1: I mean, let's be fair. I mean, she's ready to join up with cloak and dagger at this point. In
0: time. Uh, yeah. Basically this, this is, is yeah, this is her tragic backstory. Yes. Uh, She was accused (laughs) accused of a crime she didn't commit.
1: And Alex is... Or not Alex. Jack is just like, just shake it off, kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Alex is like... Yeah, not... Both of us, Alex. Yeah, Jack's just like, I'll read it and tell you the answers.
1: (laughs) And it's not cheating.
0: It's not cheating. It's uh,
1: alternative studying. (laughs) But besides that, I do (laughs) think that we did see some fairly good teamwork this season. Oh, there was really good teamwork. I mean, there was a couple of... Missteps on. Hey, I forgot how my powers work, and once I fly up, I can't fly down. By Mister Alex. Well, <laughs> but, but, he was going to tackle the guys. Sure. But be, be, yeah, but sure, he tackles a guy. What do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I had the one, I had that, the one I? thing. He was trying to save his <laughs> sister. Yes. So, but I mean, once they were all there, it was good teamwork. Which yeah. is one thing I love about this team is that they do have good teamwork. Yeah. It just they they're able to work together, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I have something I want to tell you. Yes. Galileo. <laughs> Galileo <laughs> Galileo And this is why I don't do the singing, folks. This is why I don't do the singing. But I do talk about library cards. Yes, you do talk about library cards. So let's talk a little bit about something that they discussed a bit in this class. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Galileo. Galileo set out his ideas about falling bodies and about projectiles in general in his book, Two New Sciences. The two were the science of motion, which became the foundation stone of physics, and the science of materials and construction, an important contribution to engineering, Engineering. Galileo arrived at his hypothesis by the famous thought experiment outlined in his book, On Motion. The experiment runs as follows. Imagine two objects, one light and one heavier than the other, are connected to each other by a string. Drop this system of objects from the top of a tower. If we assume heavier objects do indeed fall faster than lighter ones, and conversely, lighter objects fall slower, the string will soon pull taunt as the lighter objects retards the fall of the heavier objects. But the system considered as a whole is heavier than the heavy object alone, and therefore should fall faster. contradiction leads in one to conclude the assumption is false. Hmm. So it's a little bit of science as well. It but It is it's science. Also, it is very science but at the same time, I thought that since there wasn't any real books that were explicitly drawn out, mm-hmm. I thought that it was interesting what the science teacher was saying about heavy principles, and even though I'm mocking Alex about his love affair with flying, he uses a lot of the science thought and a lot of the principles that Galileo set down mm-hmm. to come up with a flying mechanism of his own. Yep. Usually I would find some crafty little way to sneak in and, and push you into science corner. But I need you to look around a second, dude, because guess what? What? <laughs> We're already here.
0: You're soaking in it. Foreshadowing? No, science. Well, since Rick had already uh, taken me by the hand and brought me over into Science Corner, let's cover a handful of things that came up in this issue. First, in Alex's physics class, he learned that gravity will accelerate any object at a rate of 32 feet per second per second, meaning 32 feet the first second, 64 the second, 96 the third, and so on and so on, barring a number of factors such as air friction, known as drag force. This is all that he learned, but I will give you a little more info, this acceleration goes on till you hit terminal velocity, which means that you are falling as fast as you can fall. For a person falling to the earth belly first, terminal velocity is 122 miles per hour, which you would reach in 12 seconds after falling 1,500 feet. Now for the second thing. Why is Jack still wet after he went cloudy? You know, he fell in the water, he turned into a cloud, he went back to school, the teacher made fun of him for falling into the toilet. (laughs) Why is he still wet? Well, my guess is that the water clouded up with him and then went back to where it was after he turned into a boy. That or Luis wasn't thinking hard about the science of it and just wanted a reason for the teacher to ask him if he fell in the toilet during his bathroom break. Yep, that's my answer. Comedic reasons
1: done and done.
0: There you go. And finally, let's solve question number 9 of Julie's math quiz. See? We told you we'd get back to it. The story problem she is having trouble with is a train travels at 95 miles per hour for the first 1,000 miles and 45 miles per hour for the rest of the journey. How many hours will it take to travel 1,900 miles? Well, take a 1,000, divide it by 95, and that gives us a rounded 10.5. Next, take 900 and divide that by 45. This gives us a 20. Add those two numbers together and that gives us 30.5 so the answer to julie's quiz question is 30.5 hours to travel 1900 miles and apparently julie's teacher just heard me telling everyone the answer and is telling me to leave the science corner and report directly to the principal's office oh man i hope this doesn't go on my permanent
1: record it will it will (laughs) <laughs> but my prospects for the future they were already looking dim my friend yeah
0: i kind of yeah I, I peaked early and then just kind of settled in i hate to break it to you my friend i never you peaked, never peaked. Hey, that means i have nothing but but potential okay <laughs> nothing, <laughs> that potential's there
1: nothing but potential. Uh, any
0: day now that's
1: my middle name yeah
0: <laughs> Jeff, nothing but potential is my well, full name.
1: on your way back from the principal's office, I was hoping you could swing by that refrigerator gallery uh-huh. and tell us what you saw on the family refrigerator. Oh. Okay, well, uh, we all know that I normally have
0: a joke one. Yes. So this time I have two joke ones.
1: Oh. Yep.
0: First of all, we will do page 11, and I call it Wrong Way, and it's in the upper left-hand corner, and it is uh, Jack leaving the bathroom in form, and it shows an open bathroom stall and in that is a roll of toilet paper which is on the roll backwards it is coming out the back it is not rolling over the front it is the wrong way and that's what i got out of this issue i don't care if carmody's their villain or not this toilet paper is wrong this is this is june brigman trolling us okay or june does this at home and june if we interview you again we gotta have a serious talk
1: okay i was looking at the page going wrong way what do you mean wrong way (laughs) and before you said it i saw it i said oh you're one of those
0: people i am one of those people
1: (laughs) because there are three types of people in the world Uh there are people that like that way there are people like the other way and there are people like me who don't care
0: (laughs) all right well i am uh, (laughs) of the the i care (laughs) category and then my uh so that's my first joke
1: i will i will see your joke and i will raise you page eight Okay. Because here's my joke one. You got a joke one. I cool. got a joke one because Julie's class is not the only class passing notes, my friend. No, it isn't. I no, saw that. No, it is not. Yep. So I, I I thought this was funny. I thought this, this made me laugh. And in Alex's class, as Alex is paying attention to the, the teacher's gravity yep. seminar, behind him, there are two kids... Who are passing a note back, back and, and forth.
0: forth. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. It's great. I know. Yeah, they got the school really down really well this way. It was pretty great.
1: Here's my thought on what this is, because mm-hmm. it's not them passing the answers oh, to the no. test. It's a note that they're passing back and forth, and they're talking about the kids who they sold the answers to a test <laughs> earlier in the day.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. I like that. That's a whole... Oh, man. It's a whole that's thing. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is great. Yeah. The backstory. I'm liking this yeah. headcanon. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the headcanon we're coming up with <laughs> stuff. This is fantastic. All right. What you got? Okay. Okay, my uh, my secondary joke is also on page eleven. Okay, and it is in the middle of the thing, and it has Alex floating in the middle of the air, and Jack as a cloud talking to him about how he'll go get Julie. But what's great is that Jack is got his hands on his head. And Alex has his hands out and I call this one Presenting Massmaster Because it just, the way everything lines up, it's just Alex just like hand out going and here's Jack. (laughs) So.
1: Yeah, I liked your first one better. Okay. I still like that. I just thought it was, I I, I liked it. I thought it was a good joke. I would like you to move to page 18. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to talk about my backup one. Okay. On the bottom, uh, bottom right of page 18. (laughs) And I, call this a spiraling bad guy yeah no that's great <laughs> And it's all four kids hanging up in the air they're looking down at this spiral plow that's going down that ends up in the river with a splash basically it just looks like they just flushed carmine down <laughs> the toilet <laughs>
0: I like how they're just looking and they're not even like, they're not like, oh no, he's falling to his death. They're just like, he's still monologuing. Yeah. He's still falling. And <sighs>
1: time to go back to school.
0: Time to go to school. <laughs> What's your backup, my friend? Oh, my backup is on page 13 and it is in the bottom right-hand corner. It is an image of Jack as a cloud and Julie flying and she's teared all up because she has just been caught for cheating. And I call it Sad Sadbo.
1: Yeah. I mm-hmm. like that one, and and I was just noticing too. I I do like that one. I like that one a lot. But I was noticing the picture right next to it. There, that's
0: they're, got all the graffiti on it. Yeah, they're yeah.
1: standing outside, and they're and they're talking. It's a Jack and Cloud Ford and Julie costuming on. She's got her heads head in her hands, and there is a mess of graffiti on the trash can. And I see Bruce and I see Brett.
0: Brett and Pat. Oh, you know, uh, there's Pat.
1: I think it's Pat loves Bruce. There's mm-hmm. Bob loves Anne. Cool. there's a whole bunch of stuff that's on there mm-hmm. yeah it June brigman has got a couple of nice little Easter eggs that are hidden in there. I like that.
0: Which is great. Alright,
1: my number one. My number one is on page 21. Mm. Once again, it's the two bottom pictures at the bottom I really like. I mean, it's a, the first one's Oh, yeah. First one's Julie crying while the principal's telling her to come in. But it's the next one that I really like. That it's,
0: was in my short list. Yeah, 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 it's great.
1: It's Shadow Julie, and it, there's no dialogue on it at all. You can see part of the bench, the open door to the principal's office. Julie's walking in, but Julie is just shadow. She's yeah. all blacked out. Just Shadow. It's very evocative. You oh, just, really? You can yeah. just see the weight on her shoulders as she's going in. It's it's just a well-done show. No, it is a great panel. It
0: Like I said, it was on my list of yeah. uh, ones to choose from, but it didn't make the cut. Why not? I don't know. Because I chose this, Rick. That's why. My number one, which is on page one, and I call it... Cloud City. Huh. Yep, it's the splash page, uh, which usually are really great, but we usually don't pick them very often. But this is a, a full page one, and it's all the kids, and they're flying to school, but they're over New York, which is reefed in clouds, so it's just got this heavy ground fog going. So you just have the tops of buildings popping out, and it's just a city in the clouds. It's Cloud City.
1: There's one more very cool thing about this page. Yeah? Yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's got two cats. There we go. Yep. School Days is written out in... It looks like Katie wrote it. Yeah, it's it's Katie. Yeah, Katie wrote it. Uh, Days is spelled D-A-Z-E, and the two O's in school have been filled in with white, and they've been made to look like cat faces, with little cat ears above. One of them's happy, one of them's sad it's adorable
0: it is super adorable yeah i just i really like that i just kept on kind of going you know like oh this is really neat man i like cloud city cloud so city like just cloud looks city. really good
1: i i will not call you a jerk for choosing cloud <laughs> city but i will say huh rubber and glue moment my friend oh you're a witch nose oh <laughs> you are a twerp ouch <laughs> Carmody had great ones in this. <laughs> Carmody had great ones in
0: this. No, I'm not picking any Carmody ones. Spoilers.
1: Oh, okay. And, and the fact that I just called you a twerp, I will go ahead and go first here. Okay, yep. So on page nine, the middle of the page, we have a scene where Alex is flying up in the air. He's tried to save Katie, missed because Katie had yelled out. And this wonderful gem was Carmody's response. Thanks for the warning, twerp.
0: Yep, that was one of my favorite ones that he gave. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, <laughs> Carmody is just insulting to the children yes. all throughout this. Anytime he's saying anything, he's usually throwing some insult in there.
1: I'm going to put money down that I think that we both have number, the same number one.
0: I'm going to guess we probably we probably do, we probably but do. we will find
1: out because I'm going to do my backup
0: first. Sure. Which is on page 19. It's in the upper left-hand corner, and it's Jack.
1: Yep, nope, this is my top one.
0: Oh, this is your number <laughs> one? Okay, we've got different ones then. Okay. Yeah, so uh, the insult is Jack going, Who'd have thought that old tub of lard." Could swim like that. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: <laughs> old tub of lard. Old tub of lard. Old
1: tub of lard. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was also uh, tempted to just say, you know, because when Garvey was saying, "I eat eel muties like you for breakfast," and Jack was all like, "Maybe that's how he got so fat." But, but old, uh, tub old, tub of, tub of old tub of lard. Yeah. That's that's, that's a. That winner. was my number one. Okay. That's your number one. That's a good one. What was your number one? My number one is on page four. And it's a line that Alex says. Really? Alex yeah, line. Alex. This uh, had to be a first placer for me because Alex actually got some burns in. Yeah. Alex, he rubbered and glued this just to the end of the day. I'm like, this is great. Uh, it's when uh, it's when John is throwing the soccer ball at him and it's going wild and Alex jumps up. Well, Alex is just, you know, kind of taunting John. He's trying to, you know, show off for Allison. And so <laughs> he's, he's worried that the ball might roll into traffic and he's taunting John with,
1: I hear your mommies don't let you cross the streets without holding her hands
0: yeah so just the fact that alex is burning a bully uh i'm like oh way to go alex this is great so yep
1: claps to you bravo 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 to you alex
0: i was very impressed by it
1: because of that wonderful job that child did Mm -hmm. let's talk about stars in detention okay all right We want to identify the child, who is the best and the worst in the issue. We, as always, start off with worst. Let's talk about worst. That was a nice move that Alex did there, but I think that Alex still was the worst. I
0: can see that. I totally understand that. That does not surprise me.
1: (laughs) He did learn a new trick by paying attention at school, Mm -hmm. but he flew up with no real plan and got stuck floating in the sky. Yeah. He was so focused on his nifty idea that he prolonged the danger that Katie was in. So there's two things. One, I'm just going to jump into action and even if he did tackle Carmody, what's he going to do then? Now he's floating up in the sky with Katie. He's been there before. Yeah. He didn't think this through. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. And then he's so focused on, "Oh, I've got this really cool idea. I want to tell I want to tell Julie what's going on. Your sister. Your mm-hmm. sister." Mm-hmm go get you
0: shut up alex go get your sister well they've got time because again (sighs) carney's going really slow (laughs) like he's getting away he's almost to the
1: end of the driveway still that that wasn't in the calculation so i'm saying alex bad bad job go sit in the corner
0: totally understand why you would pick alex Your choice? Yep. My uh, detention child is Jack. Okay. Interesting. And it is, uh, in part, it is because he was just the perpetual antagonist of Julie for the cheating. Where he's just like, you know, he's basically like, cheat, cheat. You're going to do it. You're going to cheat. You got to cheat. If you don't cheat, you're going to fail. You're going to fail math. You're going to fail math. Cheat, cheat, cheat. You know, so it was just the fact that he was uh, morally dubious, that made it for it. And then there was also the fact that he jackhammered Carmody, which resulted in Katie dropping. And it weren't no 20 feet. He was way up. He was, like, high in the sky. That yeah. little kid would have hit, you know, hit concrete water. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I,
1: how Katie really survived that is a mystery of the ages. But
0: <laughs> Comic science, unstable <laughs> molecules.
1: Mystery of the ages. Yeah,
0: mystery of the ages.
1: No, no, I... I I can I can go with you on that too. Mm-hmm. I think I think yes. Jack made some bad choices.
0: There well. were a lot of bad choices being made in this issue, and it was it was very much because I was like, oh, it's going to be Alex, and I was like, well, wait a minute, this, that, and just for kind of like actual endangerment, I'd put it to put it yeah. to Jack. While Alex was fixated on flight, Jack was fixated on like do it, Julie. <laughs> Dude, the ever thing? Was, it's just one quiz. He was the
1: the tiny little uh, Jiminy Cricket in, yeah. the, in the show too, wasn't? He? Yes, he, and he know,
0: actually was yeah. an actual Jiminy Cricket. Oh, shattered so yeah. Jiminy Cricket size. Yeah. Yeah. Aha, I Aha, caught hi, you you're, cheating,
1: you're Jaco. <laughs> yeah,
0: I caught you cheating. Good for you. Yeah, he was just. Yeah, he was a shattered glass version of uh, Jiminy Cricket.
1: As far as best, and this is hard, mm-hmm. but I'm actually going to say Julie. I mean, it was mm. Julie was a little bit of the focus of the issue, and I've been a bit mean to her this issue about okay. like how she's how hard she's taking it. But I do like her characterization. Oh yeah, I mean no. you can I, you can really see that this is hitting her hard. It um, is. She's and,
0: a gentle soul and wants yeah. to be doing the right thing right. perpetually. She wants to do the yes. right thing,
1: and I mean she's she's so good that you know this is this is outside the wheelhouse. Thinking way back to issue one when I first. Put up the theory that these kids really remind me of the four kids in *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*. Mm-hmm. Susan, as the oldest girl in those books, she was always the little Miss Goody Two Shoes. So okay. I think there's there's a bit of a character that's there, the character, if you will, that Julia is really representing with that same mm-hmm. mold. I just think that she did a good job of showing that this hit her hard. It's not what she wanted to do. It's not how she wanted to get caught. And She's still out there to save her, her family. She's still going to do that and save her family.
0: Tears and she, eyes. She,
1: she's, she's angry about what has happened, but at the same time, she's willing to stand up. Mm-hmm. And she's willing to take, you know, she's willing to go to the principal's office. She's not going to try to get out of it. She's not going to try to blame other people. But she hates the fact that she's been put in this position. Yeah. So I like her. Okay. Who you got?
0: Well, it was, Uh, I was leaning towards Julie. Yeah. And then I leaned slightly away from Julie and I went to Katie.
1: Well, this, this means that we have a full pack Yeah, we time. have a full pack.
0: We have a power pack of choices. We have choices. a power pack
1: of choices. I don't think we've ever done this
0: before. No, I don't think so. Yeah, there's been plenty of times where well, we've gone opposite. We've gone exactly the same. But yeah, we've never... Um, we've
1: had weird mixtures. Yeah. But I don't think we've ever had a full power pack. No. We have a full power pack.
0: Yep. Yay! Yay. Hey, let's call it a full table. I like the, okay. I like. Okay, a full set of chairs. A Let's full come. set of chairs. Yeah, we have a full set of chairs. We have a full pack.
1: set of chairs. <laughs> but a yeah, full
0: pack. Yeah, we got a full pack. We got it? a full yeah. pack.
1: So, uh, why Katie? She she was she was the MacGuffin of the episode. She kind of was the MacGuffin
0: of the episode, but also she kept a moral code. Because when she got grabbed by Carmody, she was like, "Ah, uh, what can I do? I won't disintegrate him." Mm-hmm. Now, you know, because he's like that. She's like, "That would be wrong." Uh, so she thinks real quick. She disintegrates some stuff. She shoots off a powerball. Uh, she knows that that will probably summon somebody to come save her, and it did. Yeah. She didn't want to do anything. You know, and she quickly covered what her actions were because she didn't want anything bad happening to her family because she was told that I've already caught your ki- your family, and I will kill them if you do anything. Yeah. Which is, yeah, you know, it's it's always the kidnappers lie. They right. Don't, they don't have your parents, so. If you get kidnapped, don't tr- don't believe you're kidnapped. Sure, Power Pack getting really should be getting really experienced to this. They should be. Yes. Yeah, Katie's still not there. Eh. They would have grabbed Jack, and Jack would have been like, "You don't have my family. What are you talking about?" Boof now, <laughs> <a cloud>. Uh
1: <laughs> Who ne- who needs a family?
0: Yeah, who needs a family anyway? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I call your bluff. <laughs> Kill him. He's like, I will do it. <laughs> no, nah. but yeah. So she kept to a moral code. She covered for her family. She did, everything she was doing was she wasn't MacGuffin. But I thought of everybody with having their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. She was had the most ups. Okay, because she didn't really have any downs.
1: All right, there are good choices across yeah. the board. All right? of them can, are good choices. Yeah. All of them. I had. Uh, I think the boys were on the bad side. I mm-hmm. think the girls were on the good side. Mm-hmm. um But yeah. I call it good. No. Yeah. There was a G this issue. There
0: was a G this issue. We have been G less for a while. Uh, we have been. We have been G less for three issues. Yeah, the last time we got a G was over in issue number 10. So, hey. We
1: have AG. We
0: have AG. You know, for the scientific equivalent, you can find one G on Earth. You're soaking Whee! in it. Uh, the G average has once again dropped. It's 1.93, and that's a uh, you know car. The G force you experience with so a car going zero to 100 in like 2.4 seconds, and the G total is now 27, and that's kind of, you know it's 2.7 times maximum airplane, blah, 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 blah. We've covered that before. So yeah,
1: yeah. we, we, we may be slowly phasing out this and just bring it in when we have a G. Maybe. I mean, that, that might be where we do. Yep. We'll see. Don't know.
0: We'll figure out what we'll, we'll do with that segment.
1: But that moves us to top grades. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out where we are going to put this issue in the ever-expanding list of Power Pack stories. So we have a two-issue arc here. This is gonna, uh, issue number one of a two-issue arc. We're just going to throw a couple of other smaller issues in between these two arcs. But mm-hmm. this is the first episode of it. We're back with June Brigman. It is a... I call this a slice of life story. Oh, it's, I mean, it's a great slice of life. Th- there's There's no real... I mean, there is a danger that's here, but I just cannot think of the Buggy Man as real danger. Yeah. I like seeing the kids be kids. (laughs) Always love that. It's not a big issue, but I don't think it's going to be at the bottom of the list.
0: No, in no way is it at the bottom of the list. It's also not at the top.
1: No, 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 no. Let's start talking about. Let's start about uh, issue seven and eight, mm-hmm. or not issue seven and eight, but place seven and eight. We've got fishtail and sea hunt. Mm-hmm. First grandpa adventure yeah. that occurred.
0: Yep, it's um, the, the Gramps Chronicles. The
1: Gramps Chronicles. Oh, actually, no. Let's go one below that because we have homecoming. Homecoming.
0: Yeah, That's which is another, normal, our normal median one. Yeah. Well, it's
1: our normal median one, but this is also a Julie episode.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And actually, our homecoming is now at the bottom, near the bottom of the list. Well, it's below the <laughs> yeah, halfway below point them. now, so. so but it's um. let's talk about it in in terms of other Julie-centric stories, because mm-hmm. I think that was kind of a heavier Julian uh, issue. Did we like Homecoming better or worse than this one?
0: Hmm. I want to say that I liked Homecoming better.
1: Yeah, I think there was a bit more that was in Homecoming, yeah. so I'm willing to drop it down there. Because <clears throat> Problems is between problems. Homecoming and Butterfinger, and I don't remember what Problems was. <laughs> problems was the first sewer one oh
0: where they left their backpacks and yes, got, well, yeah yeah okay
1: problems and and this one are fairly pretty close yeah the big bad in problems was the sewers
0: the sewer itself
1: <laughs> and, and, and some and, gators and some gators yeah. but and the big problem in this one was a sewage guy <laughs> yeah. um so yeah there, there, there's a bit of a there's a bit of an equal there yeah. um
0: <laughs> garbage villain
1: i'm willing to put this above problems okay i could go for that i i think they think i think they could be fairly interchangeable but I think when it comes to it, I think there's a little bit more pathos in this one with Julie and her, and just the angst we see on yeah, her. I, I, think see was, I think it was a bit more of a of a personal issue. So I think we'll yep. make this the new number new number ten. ten. Yeah. That's going to go between homecoming and problems. Yep.
0: So just under homecoming. Yep. Yep.
1: Okay. I have a very serious question for you.
0: Yes, and I might have a not so serious answer.
1: What's with this beer?
0: I don't know. (laughs) It's not a sour, but it has a little bit of tart. It's It's, not a sour. It's heavy on the fruit, but it's not fruity. No.
1: It's it's a Saison. It
0: smells nice. It almost smells a bit more like a wine than a beer.
1: A Saison is a pale ale that is highly carbonated, fruity, spicy, and often bottled conditioned. It's historically been brewed with low alcohol levels, but this is like eight. Eight, yeah. That description is pretty right on. Yeah, I've I've been
0: drinking it. I haven't been hammering it down. It's not unpleasant. It's just not like, oh my goodness, that's unbelievable. I I called it at the beginning. Uh, three.
1: I'm actually going to go straight in the middle with the two and a half.
0: Oh, really? Oh, that is a middle. Oh my goodness, I forgot how math works.
1: Uh, Do you want to change yours? Yeah, I'll
0: go two and a half. Yeah, straight in the middle.
1: Yeah, it's not bad, but at the same time, I don't know when I'd ever drink this again. Yeah, if it It was offered to me, I'd be like, yeah, okay. If it was offered to me, I'd ask if there's anything else they have. Oh, okay. But then nothing else. This and water, I'll take this. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) I like water, too.
1: It's too heavy for a hot day, Uh and it's not interesting enough for a cold day. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's there.
0: It is, it is just, I'm even watching Rick drink, and and, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I just don't know. It's... Again, kind of in that fine, yeah. it's fine category. But does
1: not remind me of beer, though.
0: No, oh, it is not a beer. No, yeah. it does not remind no, me of a it beer. No, is, it is much more reminiscent of a uh, sour, but without... It, it, even the with sours, kind of,
1: sours, I can still think of as beers, but it's just, yeah. this but, is like a... But it's a tart, Yeah,
0: is what it really boils down to. It's kind of a, a, a fruit tart. It doesn't have any beer notes for me. The carbonation is really, really minor on it, mm-hmm. but it tingles a little bit. You know, kind of like, oh, there's little bubbles on my yeah. tongue. It isn't like super heavy carbonated. It's just is. Yeah. It very much is. Yeah. And it's in a glass.
1: And on that note... I'm going to go ahead and often, I'm going to ask my daughter some questions about this comic book. Okay. Um, you hold down the fort a bit? I'll hold down the
0: fort. I'll, I'll keep on trying to figure out my beer.
1: Hello, Carrie. How are you today? Good. Good? Mm-hmm. So, we got a new issue of Power Pack to talk about, don't we? Yeah. Yeah.
2: New issues are better.
1: New issues are better. Well, this one is school days. Yeah. What did you think of this?
2: Good. It started off in school, then... Carmody, who called himself the Boogeyman. Yeah. He got Katie. Yep. And then Alex found out. And then Alex tried to get Jack. To know, and then Jack got Julie to know, and then it did that, and then suddenly all the children were like outside, and they got their own distractions. So like Katie said, she lost, she um forgot her sweater, so she went to the classroom, got her sweater, and she got trapped. Um, Alex saw her and trapped, and then and then he um what?
1: Basically, we could just say that all the kids found some way to get out of school. Yeah. One of them kind of got into trouble, right? Yeah. Let's talk about Julie for a second. Yeah. Why did she get in trouble?
2: Because one of her best friends um, gave her a note to cheat, and and she didn't. Julie did not want to cheat, but she took the note anyways, and then her brother like distracted her, and the teacher caught her with the note in her hand. Yeah. So she got sent to the office.
1: And that upset Julie a lot, didn't it?
2: Yeah. She got really mad.
1: Why did she get so mad?
2: Because he um, got her into trouble.
1: That's right. That's right. He got her into trouble. Why did that upset Julie so much?
2: Because she was in the middle of a test. And once he got her into trouble, she was just really upset because she was in the middle of a math
1: test. Well, I think she also got upset, too, is because she's a really good girl. She doesn't Mm -hmm. like to get into trouble. Right?
2: She doesn't normally get in trouble.
1: I don't think she ever gets into trouble.
2: Yeah, except for this time.
1: Yeah, so it really hit her hard, didn't it? Yeah. You don't like getting in trouble, do you? No. You don't normally get into trouble, though, do you? No. <laughs> okay, you thought about it, though. No, you don't get into trouble. So what did you think of the Boogeyman?
2: Awkward. <laughs> awkward?
1: <laughs> Why do you say awkward?
2: He's awkward, just because he's Awkward.
1: Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. Is he scary at all? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> I think he's kind of silly.
2: I think he looks like a weirdo flying with a backpack.
1: <laughs> I don't think there's anything else we need to say about that. I think that's pretty good. Once the kids all got there, they were able to stop him though, right? Yeah. Yeah, once they worked together. hmm Yeah. Uh, is there anything that really stood out for you this issue? Is there anything you really liked or anything that you wanted to talk about?
2: I want to kinda of talk about how they went back to school. Oh, to, about like, how
1: they got how they snuck back into school? Yeah. You wanna talk about that? Yeah. Is there anything in particular that you wanted to say about that?
2: Her hair was wet because she fell into the water.
1: huh. And what and what did they say?
2: Her teacher said, How many times have I told you not to play in the drinking fountain on a cold day like
1: this? <laughs> so think they think she was just playing in a drinking fountain, yeah. wasn't she?
2: And Jack's teacher said, "I was about to send a search party, but from the looks of your hair, a rescue party would have been in order. What happened? Power Fall, in. <laughs> fall.
1: What do you what do you think she's saying there? So what did she what does she think he did? Did he fall into what?
2: Toilet?
1: Yes. <laughs> That's why everybody's laughing.
2: Yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> Julie, she um, quickly snuck in onto the chair outside the principal's office, and mm-hmm. then her teacher called her back in.
1: Well, the, the principal called her in, yeah.
2: Okay, principal called her in. And Alex got punishment for, like, not being there.
1: At what class? The gym. Yep. So uh, when Julie was waiting to get called into the principal's office, it looked like she was getting threatened by the other girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't want... What? Why was she getting threatened by the other girls?
2: Because they didn't want to get in trouble?
1: Yeah. If you were in Julie's position, would you tell on the other people who were passing you the note? Or would you keep that secret? I would tell them. You would tell on them? Why?
2: Because if they're doing something like that, then it wouldn't be good. You should tell the teacher. You should not keep it a secret.
1: All right. That's a good good policy, Carrie. It's a very good policy. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No. Is there uh, any, any artwork that you really liked? Yeah. What?
2: I like how they made the gas thing part of um, the boogeyman's backpack.
1: Oh, you mean how how the smoke is coming out of the back of his yeah. backpack? You like mm-hmm. that?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: that's good. Anything else?
2: Mm, no. Nope, that's oh. really good.
1: Okay. All right. Well, if that's it, then I will let you go. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie. You're welcome. Shout-out time! I want to recognize some listeners who take time to write in or leave us reviews. We're doing a double recording today, so if you don't hear us mention
0: your name today, check out episode 17.
1: Facebook, thanks! Kyle Sinelli, Hoover Jeremiah, The Irredeemable Shag, Brian Peterson, and Keith baker
0: we received a message from charlie rose who shared with us his own power pack of georgia craft beers it was a very cute and clever picture and we'll upload it to our web page for this episode
1: thanks to tim price for his comments on our web page if you want to check out his excellent insight into our coverage of x-men 195 i suggest you check out our website and also thanks to tim price he attended the baltimore comic con and while he was there he managed to pick up two copies of power pack number one and he went around and he got them signed by louise simonson june brigman and bob wychek and then he sent them to us seriously I, i cannot say thank you enough to tim it was an amazing gift. I already got them into display cases. It was very thoughtful. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Tim. Uh, utterly floored by that. Just uh, Rick sent me a picture of them and the note that you wrote. And oh, yeah, I like, don't know what to say. Uh, utterly amazing. You are an amazing human being and an amazing listener and fan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: And speaking of thank yous and speaking of the Baltimore Comic Con, I want to say a Big thanks to everybody who talked to June Brigman and Louise Simonson there and who mentioned our podcast. We are trying to work with Miss Simonson's schedule and we are going to try to get her on our show. But it was really cool to get a lot of messages from people saying, Hey, we talked to June and Louise and hey, we mentioned your show. So it was very, yeah, very cool.
0: That is that uh, utterly flattering. Uh, just amazes me. Uh, everybody that listens, thank you so much. Uh, it still floors me that people listen to our funny little talking and enjoy it. So we'll keep doing it if you keep on enjoying it so thank you guys so much
1: jeff and rick present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live-ish studio audience in portland oregon if you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet you can do so through twitter at jeff rick present our facebook page jeff and rick present our email address jeff and rick present all one word at gmail.com or at our website Jeff and, Rick
0: and if you would like to help support our show, we're on Patreon. We're still working on some bonus content for our backers, but if you'd like to throw us some money, it would be appreciated. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. Please
1: rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media.
0: Remember, next episode we'll be reviewing selected portions of Thor 357 and Fantastic Four 282.
1: And as always, we want to thank the wonderful women in our lives. My wife Cindy and our daughter Carrie.
0: My fiance Hillary and our daughter Aurora. We, we love, love you. you.
1: Until next time. Costumes.
0: Costumes. <laughs> okay, what was that?
1: I am not sure, but it didn't sound very pleasant. Hey, wait. Halloween is a couple of days away. You don't think something bad's going to happen, do you?
0: <laughs> don't be silly. We have a pre-recorded show. If something bad were to happen, we would have already recorded it in order for it to happen, right?
1: Sure, I guess. But but why is that red-costumed demon guy standing over there with copies of a non power pack miniseries from the 80s? And why are there cages full of other podcasters?
0: I wouldn't worry about it. It just looks like some silly ploy to get people to listen to other podcasts. Or possibly a dare gone horribly wrong. Whatever it is, I'm sure it has nothing to do with Halloween, or Mephisto, or us. Nothing at all. (laughs)
1: Let me guess. Foreshadowing. We're soaking in it. Yeah, something like that. (sighs) Cue the music. Our theme music is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Batty McFadden's Slower. All music is by Kevin MacLeod at and Is licensed under Creative Commons by attribution 3.0 license. Oh, oh, oh. Cream Diet.
0: Red Mephisto. Ho, ho, ho. Red Mephisto. Nabisco, Nabisco Brands. Brands. Want to do that sure. Nabisco Brands again? <coughs> Nab- Nabisco N- N- mm. uh, N- Where are we going to stick? Do we want to go low and then to high? Sure. Okay. N- Nabisco N- Brands.
1: Brands. You said that like I could sing.
0: Uh. <laughs> Or we Nabisco Brands. Nabisco Brands. Eek! I just backed out of the script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> da, 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 Backed out of that script because I made a mistake and I'll fix it slowly. Come on, script. Come on back. Almost there, but I'm not quite loading. And we're still waiting for pages.
1: Can you guess who that... Wow, I wrote this.
0: I know, so you get I. Oh, oh. Ever
1: dubious.
0: (laughs) uh, Oh, oh, uh, Ever
1: Avidoua. Ever Avidoua.
0: Katie is working on a drawing. Working on on drawing a monster. I can read words. No, we can't. I can sometimes read words. No, we
1: can't. I think tonight has shown us that we cannot read words. We are bad at reading words.
0: Then we should just stop doing scripts and just come on. It would be 20 minutes of, like, I don't know. Uh, no, no, what I happened don't in this know, episode? I don't know. I think Jack's, uh, Jack said something funny. It was. Uh, Nobody said anything. Witch knows? Nobody said nothing. Mm. I didn't even read this comic. That's why mm. I'm having mm. a hard time. that's no, a lie. Still I serious. still don't know what it tastes still like. No, 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 no it has, no, It's no. still. um,
1: Not a clue. <clears> I did a <to> you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the worst. Never do a me. It's usually the biggest mistake in the world, but also just the dumbest mistake and the least uh, harmful to anything in the world. There
1: we go. That'll help. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I got it. Um,
0: it's Mr. Boogeyman dodges out of the way.
1: Mr. Boogeyman Mr. Bogeyman Boogie. 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 I, bogey or boogie? It's it should be
0: boogie because you know but it's spelled Boogie. I know that because they made a mistake. But if it's bogeyman, unless there's a different boogeyman character, okay. What but I, I would say boogeyman just okay. because it, here's my thought, and this is going to come later. Um, my thought on it is he calls himself the boogeyman because he's kind of cracked a little bit, and he's like, oh, "I'm going to get those children." What are children scared of? The boogeyman.
1: But he can't spell it as he's saying it.
0: No. Okay. He has a he has an East Coast dialect that makes it sound
1: that makes the spelling. Of... <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> thought I was going to st- talk instead a cough came out <clears throat> weird weird that's my that's my one magic trick
1: it's a good man no it's, not, yeah, it's that's a, a terrible magic, magic
0: trick <laughs> pick a card
1: <laughs> you just coughed to my head you just you yes i did a in your
0: yes i did was your card <laughs> Julie is trying to refuse them, but (laughs) I sorry just seeing seeing this street magician just coughing in people's hands. Okay. Am I sensing some sarcasm?
1: Yes. Yes, you are.
0: (laughs) (coughs) It's that extra yes that did it. It just put me over the top. It was great. Yeah, here comes bees. You alliterating fool, you madman. Oh, you should see the peas I've got in the next
1: one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't want to see your peas.
1: <laughs> you will. Oh, you will.
0: <laughs> yeah, Julius feeling... <laughs> <laughs> also, I like hopscotch and hoop-de-hooped and kicking a tin can down the street and nickel whistles and penny candies and taking in a, taking in a, a news short at the cinema. I like selling war bonds and collecting scrap metal.
1: <laughs>
0: it's a shame that polio is such a big epidemic. <laughs> I can't wait to graduate at 12 and become a, a factory worker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good to mask married to the sock hop I'm probably just throwing a bunch of different errors around but whatever
1: okay <clears throat> alright
0: <laughs> that big band sound sure is risky <laughs> I once saw a girl's ankles <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Do I have that out of my system yet? The answer. I hope so. <laughs> honestly, the answer is no. But,
1: uh, <laughs> but I have run out of, pop- of 1920s pop culture references. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Right. Uh, no time 23 Ooh. <laughs> no
1: time to worry about that now no
0: time for love Dr. Dr. Jones,
1: Jones. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing
0: <laughs> okay I think it's, yeah, it's, I know it's my line okay. <clears throat> and I will read it okay here we go <laughs> get out of here Jack <laughs>